This is Paul Lam, and you're listening to the Path Hunters Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. podcast episode 108 what's going on everybody it's paul lamb here in the house hope you guys are all doing great today i want to take a moment just to point out that this is episode 108 of the path hunters podcast started last year of june 2016 crazy just had amazing amount of amazing people onto the podcast you know chris gillibo new york best time seller recently just wrote a book called side hustle from idea to income in 27 days and sean croxton philip mckernan and many many more rocking superstars into the podcast it's crazy and we're still going strong today's guest i'm going to keep things very short here today and today's guest is super exciting you guys probably see him all around on facebook and youtube youtube sensation um his ultra spiritual comedy series has accumulated a hundred million views and still growing and author of how to be ultra spiritual jp sears is in the house guys you know emotional healing coach author speaker teacher you know he his work empowers people to live more meaningful lives world traveler and it's just so fun to and so grateful and it's such a pleasure to have him into the path Hunters podcast where we chat about you know why did he bring comedy into his business and and you know why does he do what he do it's so cool like i said i'm gonna keep this intro very short because you guys probably know him and find his videos very funny and again i, I got to chat with him got and super excited about this and guys i won't keep this very short here today so this is the one and only jp Sears. Ladies and gentlemen, awesome guest here today. I'm super stoked and excited. JP Sears in the house, super ultra spiritual. Oh my God. Like, JP, what's going on? How's it going? Well, what is going on and how's <laughs> it going are two separate questions yes. that are each going to require a few hours to just, you know, prime the pump. But yeah, what's going on? I'm feeling good. I just mentioned off air, I'm at home for the first time in two and a half months in Charleston, South Carolina feels great being here getting to see my dog is just amazing as well his 13th birthday is coming up so yeah what's going on i'm feeling like shockingly like revved up for having such a like not so much of a night of sleep uh just getting home in the middle of the night so Good things are going on, at least feeling-wise. And I'm looking outside, and the sun's shining. The trees are still standing. So that means our uh, lovely uh, American friends, I guess I'm one of those, haven't started a (laughs) nuclear war just yet. Hopefully we don't, but Jesus. I know, I know, I know. It's I typically don't follow the news because like I'm a huge, um, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, I try to stay away from negativity. I know that positivity is a choice. And um, it's 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 funny because I really want to dive into, after watching your videos and I, you're everywhere on Facebook and YouTube and I love watching how, how you like depict millennials and, and how you get offended. And it's so cool. And, and so I watched you on Lewis House and use comedy mm. as a way as, to you know like just to point out like some of the the topics involved right which is amazing what really got you into this in the very beginning if you can just kind of paint us a picture and um, little insights of like your own personal life as well too 
Yeah, I, I think there were uh, there's a few different angles that uh, I'll touch on that eventually com- uh, converged into me doing what I do now, like whatever that is. I find it fun when people ask me, oh, "What do you do?" It's like I don't know how to answer that. So I have red hair. That's what I do. <laughs> Uh, so I think part of the answer would begin back in childhood. Using humor, comedy, making people laugh is one of the ways I dealt with pain. I think I'll oftentimes, maybe like every time, uh, humor is forged from pain. And like, that's awesome. It, but as a child, I was using humor to escape pain. It's like if I felt insignificant inside, I wanted to feel significant on the outside, making people laugh. I had no idea that was like the psychological technique I was using, but I was. And it's like, it's awesome. It's better than using drugs, better than like whatever, murdering mailmen uh, as a way of getting one's emotional needs temporarily (laughs) met. And so I was using humor to escape myself. And now I like to at least imagine, hopefully there's some truth to it, that I use humor to help myself find myself, understand myself more, accept myself more, and hopefully other people can do the same. So as my sense of humor was uh, being, uh, I guess, sharpened through my just childhood life, that's how I'm dealing with insecurities. Then in my late teens, early 20s, I got really interested in emotional healing. I started working with some mentors whom really opened my eyes to a world that's always been there, but I didn't know it was there. It's the intangible world of our inner life. Like what the hell happens in our psyches, our hearts? There's something else other than the five senses and, and, uh, numbers that are digitally put, uh, you know, in a bank account that we then imagine means something. There's more to life than that. So I by no means understood it then, by no means understand it now, but I got really curious and passionate then about the inner life. So that drove me into wanting to work with other people, doing emotional healing work, and then got me like quickly humbled into like, oh, I'm excited about all this because I desperately need it. Like I've been numb my whole life. I've been emotionally disconnected. That's how humor was used. I'd use the emotions of laughter to disconnect from the painful emotions. Uh, And then, yeah, so then like we'll just fast forward about 13 years. I'm 33. I've been doing emotional healing work for about 13 years as well as traveling the world, teaching workshops, retreats, classes on emotional healing, personal empowerment. And and during that 13-year period, I guess we're not so much fast-forwarding. Now I've hit play. (laughs) During that 13 years, I I didn't let my sense of humor come out professionally. I kind of like compartmentalize like a sense of humor. That's okay, personal life. Like hanging out with friends, we'll have some laughs. But, you know, doing precious healing work with people that needs to be something separate where we we take life only seriously and then then, you know i'm 33 so about two and a half years ago three years ago at this point i i couldn't help but like integrate these two parts of me my sincere heart and my satirical sense of humor and out came my first video called How to Be Ultra Spiritual, or first comedy video I was doing, sincere nice. videos before that. 
And I thought it was just going to be a one-time thing, and I was scared. Like it was a big cliff for me to jump off of. One, I didn't know people. I didn't know if people would think it's funny. Two, I thought it would be bad for my business. And three, I thought people would like think I'm really like discrediting and disrespectful of spirituality when my spiritual life is super important to me. Yet it all turned out that I just kept stumbling along into doing more comedy videos. I found it to be incredibly satiating in terms of having an inner fulfillment from artistic creativity, like expressing a perspective through the language of humor. That's an artistic expression. It's not just expressing something in a literal linear fashion. Mm -hmm. So man, it's just been so fulfilling to me that I kept going and it's been an evolution of how I do it, why I do it. And it's also like just been shocking that it's caught on to the point where, uh, you know, I don't know, last count it was 250 million video views. So it's like, wow, that is such a ridiculous surprise because what I'm doing is learning how to be me yes, and not filter it. Like 13 years in my career, I was filtering my sense of humor. Can't come out. Can't mm-hmm. come out. But like, it's like I'm not trying to earn value anymore. And apparently that's allowing me to give more value to the world. And I think that's reflected through the attention. And I think just the last thing I uh, mentioned on this opening monologue of like 45 minutes <laughs> It's it's all there, good. It's all good. There's been many lessons in that, many. But one that I'm reminded of most right now is the more I try to earn uh, uh, value, the more I try to earn acceptance from people, the more I repel it. I think trying to earn something that's not earnable prevents us from realizing that thing we're trying to earn. I'm trying to earn people's appreciation. I'm trying to earn their sense of value. But I think when we stop trying to earn things like that, then we can surrender into being our unapologetic self. Mm. Way easier said than done. Yes. I want to trivialize it. It's a heroic journey. <laughs> uh, but it, it's really taught me like, wow, me and I think everybody else, the greatest value we can bring to the world is to be our freaking selves. If we didn't know any better, we might think, oh, the purpose of my life is to express my life, yeah. not to restrict me in my life and try to express who I think I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. express some kind of earning. So it, there, it's just shocking to me, that lesson, but it's just re, like continually reminding me, yep, the true lesson true lesson. It's counter to my programming for the first 35 years of my life. So, man, I, you know, at this point, Paul, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Probably not to your wonderful question, but thank you for letting me ramble. That's, that felt good. This has been a good therapy session, doctor. I love it. No, no, it's, it's crazy because like I get so captivated by like what you have to say, because even in your videos, like it's hilarious. And in a way it's so true because like, I want to touch on some of the points that you made Uh, and it's all about, uh, so, so number one, I read an article somewhere that's like 83% today, 83% of the media now is almost being run by millennials in a sense one way or another so instagram instagram is 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 a wonderful place to like kind of stage a filtered life that's really not yours right and so so that 
to me, like I, even talking to my peers, and I'm 27, so I'm a millennial, and I'm talking to some of my peers and stuff, and even them, they struggle in a way to find and stay grounded and 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 truly be themselves. Do you? Yeah. What kind of tips or advice to this kind of you know generation coming up to find themselves now? May I say a naughty word, yes. Paul? Go ahead. I'll, Feel I'll your fucking feelings. <laughs> the and I and I say it with a sharp point for a reason. Feel your fucking feelings. That is the most powerful way that I'm aware of to stay real. Like our feelings are generated by a deep part of us. And I, I, so many of us, by so many of us, I mean all of us, to one degree or another, escape our feelings. Like, yeah, I'll feel happy. But the rest of them that are uncomfortable, let me check my phone for the thousandth time. Let me eat more sugar. Let me drink alcohol. Let me zone out looking at yeah. uh, something on my screen. Let me worry about making more money. Let me worry about something else. Let me focus on something that's not my feelings. And I think our feelings are generated by one of the truest aspects of us, our hearts. So if we can become the adventurous hero of our own journey, who's willing to go into the dark woods of feeling our own feelings, then we have a real connection with ourself. Otherwise, we'll have a false sense of self. We might actually start to think we are the one we portray on social media. Yeah. It's like, no, social media, nobody ever said that's supposed to be an accurate platform to express you. No, your life is an accurate platform to express you. It's got the bandwidth to express <laughs> you. So I think when we're not connected to our feelings, which are freaking real, mm -hmm. and they're about us then we become desperate for a sense of self because we're not connecting to something real about ourselves. So that's when we're desperately trying to make everything else about us or fabricating a sense of self or just feeling depressed as hell because we feel empty inside because we don't have a real sense of connection to ourselves. But when we can be uh, ambitiously connected to our feelings it's a thankless job. Nobody will reward us for it. Nobody will give us the high five. Nobody will give us the millennial micromanaged praise that yeah, we all yeah. crave, including me. <laughs> but so being willing to feel uncomfortable. One of my favorite authors, Brene Brown. I love her. I've never read any of her books, but she's one of my favorite authors. And she has one uh, a, a great quote. She, she says, he or she who's willing to be the most uncomfortable is not only the bravest, but rises the highest. So I, I love her words. She's not glorifying, let's be bliss bunnies and uh, think positively as a way of denying 99% of ourself and only accepting the 1% that's a bliss bunny. No, she's like really honoring the realness that it is being a human. We feel uncomfortable at times. And I don't think uncomfortable feelings, be it a body sensation like, oh, butterflies in my stomach or an emotion like I'm angry right now. I don't think uncomfortable feelings have ever hurt anybody. I think we hurt ourselves trying to escape those uncomfortable true, feelings. True. It's so true. And and I feel uh, so me personally, JP, I've taken classes and workshops where it really digs deep down into um, the, your vulnerability and to feel and, and correct me, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, to feel more and deeper, you literally have to create more space and get vulnerable and 
tap into this this thing that was like holding you back in the past. So for me, I had a really rough relationship with my mom. Um, really had to get vulnerable, had to sat her, like sit her down and chat with her and and tell her that mom, you know what? Growing up, I didn't want to be an accountant. I wouldn't want to be another Asian that's going to be sitting back in the cubicle doing that. I want to be out there and 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 impacting people's lives in a positive way. Like I want to do that, but I can't do that if I can't. Um, tap into this this inner this inner self this 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 vulnerability right and and i feel like everybody needs to do this and i never cried so much in like in two days in a weekend and it's so beautiful but now because of that it it, it it's given me the power to to be empathetic, more compassionate, um to feel to feel more like you said to fucking feel more and you know so is there something that that someone even not I'm not saying millennials per se, but if someone's listening to this right now and they really want to tap into this, is there a way where they can start? Well, yeah, and I'm not going to pretend like this starting way is like you know three easy steps to perfect vulnerability. It's never like and that. Then yeah, from, yeah, yeah it, it's a step which I think it's it's a great one, or else I wouldn't suggest it. It's a way of strengthening the muscle of our heart in a, an emotional way rather than physical, but I think they're also pretty connected. Yeah. I call it the feel your fucking feelings meditation. So it, 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 it's something that we almost never do. So it, you take five minutes two if five is just eternally too long. So you take a couple minutes, you sit wherever you're at, you close your eyes, you find one body sensation. Now you, we all, we have many, it's just most of the time we're not paying attention. So it's not, ADD rip around your body. I feel this in my feet, this in my head. No, it's pick one, one of many. Just pick one, focus on that for the five minutes while breathing. And, and body sensation, not feeling. Like I, I feel that Sally was mean to me. No, that's not a feeling. That's a BS mental story. It's the furthest thing from a feeling. In fact, our mental stories are things that we bl- that block our feelings, but we usually use the language of feeling around them to pretend that we actually feel like I feel that. So where I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a body sensation, tingling in my chest, aching in my leg, uh, lightness in my neck, tightness in my neck, heat behind my eyes, just something you're feeling. Focus on that while breathing for five minutes bringing as much of your attention there as possible, period. And that helps strengthen our capacity to feel. It's much like if someone never goes to the gym, they never lift up anything that's remotely heavy, they'll have relatively weak muscles. And I say this hopefully with humbleness, not trying to humiliate me or anybody else, most of us have very weak emotional muscles. So this feel your fucking feelings meditation, it's it's a set of 10 pound dumbbells. It's a it's a very light way to begin exercising muscles that are pretty underused. I mean, it's not the 100 pound dumbbells. It sounds like the the weekend event you went to is like, okay, now we're picking up the 100 pound dumbbells. Oh, it was it was it was intense. It was intense. You look at someone straight yeah. in the eye for like a long period of time and somehow tears just drop. Man, it can you imagine? And I've done different versions of eye gazing. so uncomfortable, but it's like so liberating yeah. to do it anyway. Yeah. Can you imagine there's so many people that go their whole lives 
without taking five minutes to just gaze into another human's eyes without, you know, the, like the, uh, the need to jump out of the discomfort by like, Oh yeah, let's uh, look over there. Mm. Or you notice in conversations, how often your eyes unlock. And I grant granted, I know our eyes will naturally go up and down left, right. When we're thinking it helps cognitive processes, yep. but also oftentimes we are just avoiding the discomfort of the connection we have with someone else. It's so true because it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I love I love like the our chat that we're having, JP, because like it's all there's. There, I think there needs to be more of this in a point in time mm. where we're almost we're all disconnected with one another, and connection yeah. is key, right? I'll shift gears a little bit, and um, I was wondering what have you been passionate about lately in your life? Well, uh, a couple of things. My feelings have been a big one. I don't want to bypass what's probably the most powerful things, my personal feelings, and do the glory of the professional stuff, awesome things happening there, which I can mention, but my feelings. Uh, I was recently in Costa Rica for two months, and I made uh, about the first week I was there, give or take. I, I made a video on Costa Rica parodying. It, it was intended to portray the ignorant American mindset going to somewhere that's different than America. Well, it turns out uh, when JP thinks that he's funny, doesn't necessarily mean he's funny. So the the local population of Costa Rica, not all of them, but a lot of them took major offense to the video. And, and like, I'm used to, like, you make a video, someone will get offended, promise you that. But this was a much higher percentage of people than normal. Uh, I would, It was on their national news in a very negative light. I was told they disgusted in their Costa Rican really? Congress. I, I was getting harassed on the street. I was getting death threats. So there was there was so much fire of my own feelings to sit in. It was for the rest of my time in Costa Rica. It was like sitting in a sweat lodge. Is very intense. Yet somehow I knew, like even though this is not remotely enjoyable, it's very valuable. So I was uh, like the gift of life gave me this circumstance that I wouldn't want. I wouldn't sign up for voluntarily. It gave me this circumstance to get me intensely connected to the fire of my feelings. And I, it felt like also a lot of old stuff was triggered, not just like only feelings that are immediate in the moment about Costa Rica and how people are like thinking I'm a, a bad person. So, man, I, I, I needed to get passionate about my feelings, and I did my best to do that and still have work to do on it. Mm-hmm. I, I, feel, I feel like we're all like continuously learning and growing. There's never really a destination involved here. There's never really a final product. It's always constantly growing. Um, so so it's, it's, I really want to touch base on that because you know, touching base. So people, whenever they go through something for me, it was a really bad breakup last November. I was working a corporate job after a breakup. I didn't want to do anything anymore. I just didn't want to do anything. I didn't, um, after hearing so many stories, I was sold insurance, uh, life insurance, uh, car insurance and all the sorts. And 
hearing stories of of people who are in their 60s, you know, 70s and and more about about putting in 40 years, 50 years of their life working and and going from a paycheck of 5,000 to 1,200 and penny pinching everything really got to me. It really, really got to me to the point where I had to like leave. I was after a break. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't know what it was, but I realized that you have to stay present in the, in the situation like you did. And yours is like, yours is obviously more extreme than mine, but, but it's, I feel like after when you learn and you grow after that, you, you, you learn so much and you're able to teach so much more. And, and so, and so I want to ask you how, how would you, how did you dealt with that? First of all, how'd you deal with all that fire? Because most people usually would probably, um, just book another flight and leave. Yeah. But you stayed. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed and, and there, there was a period of a week where I was in complete seclusion and, and it was a legitimate question of, am I going to have to book a flight and leave for my physical safety? Mm -hmm. You know, like death threats, like that that ain't, that ain't a wave I'm used to surfing. So like, what's this mean? But, but when it, the evidence came in, like I'm, physically probably safe it's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stay here and and uh oh wow i got so into myself there what was the actual question paul (laughs) so 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 how did you deal with the situation at the time like so people typically Uh, yeah. yeah so whenever they go through something they don't know how to handle it they run away by default yeah yeah you know i so I didn't run away physically. And then there's the tendency to run away mentally, to create some fantasy of triumph uh, so that I can have the story that this is done, this is over. Much like going going through a breakup, like, man, if you if you go through a phase where you say I'm freaking depressed and it's okay. Like I'm gonna I'm going to feel like a sack of shit for a little it's while. Dark. That Yeah, and that is so healthy. One of the first stages of grief is denial. But when we're done being in denial, then we've got to sink into the raw sewage that's there. And and I think our minds oftentimes want to look at that and say, no, like, well, look at these pathetic people that live like that for 20 years. Yeah, we're not saying go there and get stuck. We're saying go there so you can go through it rather than trying to bypass it, which means you're just stuck in it, but you think you're not, which keeps you stuck in it because you think you're not stuck in what you're stuck in. So, yeah, man, I I uh, had to really, I would say, fight the urge with a sort of surrender, the urge to mentally disconnect from what's going on and emotion disconnect from it by like creating a story of triumph. Like I've overcome this adversity. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I haven't hopefully one day, but man, I'm, I just need to for a little while, like feel like the world's falling apart and, you know, crying on my girlfriend's shoulders and yeah, mentally, like I know, like 99.99999% chance this is going to like just turn out awesome and I'll grow from it. It's not actually here detrimental. But man, I had to sit in the raw sewage of it, giving myself permission 
to do that. It is okay to feel like I'm not okay for a while. And, and I think having the context of understanding that that's a stage when, when something seems like it's going to be forever, then that's a different story. But it's like, if, if you've ever done like a hard workout, that's full of lactic acid and man, you it's just torture, but it, it's somehow not fully torture because you know, it's going to end in maybe an hour at the longest. Yeah. So I think, Basically, this knowing this too shall pass was an important companion to allow me to sit in the fires of the feelings, yeah. the raw sewage of it, because it's like, yeah, th- this is here right now, mm-hmm. and it, it's not forever. Yeah. It will pass. And honestly, I think things like that pass faster the more we can immerse ourselves in it. So. And also just on a practical note, it was important for me to talk about this with my girlfriend and really close friends. It was also very important to me not to take to social media as a way of getting attention. Like, let me distract myself by seeing a lot of people see my suffering, which would disconnect from it. Or, you know, like that would just that just felt icky. The idea it's like I. I need some privacy on this. Yeah, uh, it's a need. It is. It, it's so true. Like the uh, the reason I asked you that because I really um, many people who who wants to put themselves out there are really scared to because they're scared the fear of being vulnerable, being naked, right? Being yeah. naked and and because of like those those haters or those people who are just really are really kind of like awful or malicious and stuff like that. We both know that for every, it feels like every hundred positive notes, there would be that one single, you know what I mean? That one single negative, and then just blows your whole day. The momentum just bursts and you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do anything anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's why I wanted Man. to get your insight on that. Man. Yeah. Isn't that a trip? We can have a hundred positive notes <laughs> and then the one note that's, like a, a really hurt person projecting their hurt onto us. Yeah. It's like, wow, why do we pay attention to that the most? It's weird. It, it, and, and I think that's, that's a teacher unto itself. I don't think it would really resonate with us, get our attention, pull us in if part of us didn't already believe that about ourselves. So call them the online hater community. <laughs> I think in a way they actually provide a deep psychological service where when we have aspects of her psyche who, you know, we're probably not conscious of it most of the time, maybe not ever, but parts of our psyche that have super freaking low self-worth and self-doubt and and the critical voice of these low self-worth parts of us that says, yeah, you are a a piece of shit and the videos you create, they are stupid. Yeah. And you are a jerk. And then we, we see, I, I think we can see these people's voices like is one out of a hundred. Yeah. We see them because it resonates with the part of us. Doesn't mean it's true. It means part of us is delusional enough to believe that. And I think the gift the online haters give us is that helps it, like a, a deep part of us become triggered to the surface. Like it geysers up from deep underground 
And then we have a chance to connect with it and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And we, we also have the chance to suppress it again. So the question is, when we see an online hater, it's like, oh, man, I feel stinging in my neck about that. Maybe I'm angry. Maybe I'm depressed and hurt. But we can ask ourselves, what's this teaching me about what I think of me? Um, or what part of me thinks of me? Another part of us probably thinks, hey, you're awesome. Yeah. But maybe not another part. <laughs> no, the, uh, you know, my friend Sean Croxton. Um, he, he developed a, he spent two years creating this whole entire company, this whole startup on, it's, it's a, it's a healthy food bar, spent two years doing this and launched it. And once it was launched, he was getting all these amazing feedback, but that one feedback that was really bad, it really affected him to the point where mm-hmm. like, but like this happens different parts, no matter if you're like a high level entrepreneur or whether you're, you're, it's, if I feel like it's, it's all over the place because like at one point, Sean, even he started YouTube in 2006, but he got some of the haters and, and deleted everything because he questioned his, no kidding. Yeah, wow. like a million, you know, views on his videos and everything, but deleted all that because of those haters and everything. And he questioned his, you know, almost self worth in a sense. And and so I kind of want to get your insights on that on practical tips on like dealing with that, right? Like it's like uh, it's, like for me, like it's almost it's the same thing as well too. Like I get into my head a lot, be like, oh my gosh, maybe Paul's not gonna do well. Maybe Paul's not gonna be this you know, aspiring great podcaster, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh. Yeah. And yeah, I won't pretend to be perfect, but I, I maybe do okay in that department. So here's some of my delusional advice on that. <laughs> and I'm going to have to uh, stoke a fire. We've already started with our feelings. If you are in a position where you are remotely willing to feel your feelings, then negative comments they will be probably uncomfortable, but they won't be an obstacle. If you're unwilling to feel uncomfortable feelings, then negative comments are an obstacle because they are what trigger uncomfortable feelings. So, man, if we can feel our feelings, then we are the warrior on the battlefield who feels afraid, but we take action anyway. So to me, that's important. Like when crap does come up inside of us, we see a comment. It's like, okay. Let me sit in this and breathe with it, not for the purpose of believing them. It, like, stay out of the stories. They're right. Here's why they're wrong. What? No. Let me feel these feelings. And then, on a, a little bit of a more practical note, I uh, I don't spend a crap load of time reading comments, and I do that for my mental health. So th- there's something that happens. You know, the uh, I think many things that happen. It can be easy for me to, I'll call it, get seduced by the positive comments. Yes. There's more of those. Like, oh, these people, they they think I'm something more than I am. That's awesome. It's <laughs> like a fairy tale. Like they, they don't know me, so they, they have only praise to say. When I get attached to that side of the coin, you know, you grip a coin. Yes. Guess what? You're also gripping the other side of that coin. So I think... It, to the degree we are attached to the praise and the degree we focus on that, that is the degree we will be uh, rapturously enthralled with the negative side of the coin too. You, You can't grip just one side of the coin. So when I see positive comments, I, I, I do remind myself, 
I am not who people think I am. That like, yes, that tickles me. It feels good. And don't get hypnotized by it, JP, or else you will be incredibly hypnotized when you see the you're a shithead JP comment. Uh, you'll believe that probably more than you believe that you're awesome comment JP. So that's important to me that that re- reminder not to get enthralled by the praise comments as well. And uh, then I would also say like, you know, know your capacity. Uh, I think a lot of people inflict self-torture. Like they, they're in a position where they don't have the capacity to stay 100% balanced while reading comments, but they go and read comments. It's like you're stabbing yourself in the leg. You know, maybe, maybe take it little drips at a time, challenge yourself, but don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. That's uh yeah and there there's a bug in my coffee but i'm gonna drink it anyway <laughs> so I've apparently I'll, I'll high class <laughs> i'll catch mine right here with chopsticks <laughs> just kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm offended on behalf of all asian people paul this is horrible uh. <laughs> oh JP, I love this conversation. I love where it's heading. You know, what, who's like, what do you find like the inspiration? Like who inspires you or, you know, what inspires you to, to do what you do? Yeah. People inspire me who are unapologetically true to their creative voice. You know, people, so in other words, most of those people are doing something relatively unique. Like it's kind of cool to see people who are replicating a, a pattern and doing well with it. Like online marketing, there's a million people who are doing amazing with it. They're replicating a a formula that works. That's cool. But that's not what's super inspiring to me. Watching someone, you know, tap into the unseen consciousness and allow themselves to be the paintbrush that brings something into artistic form music video painting writing so like specifically like dave matthews the musician just inspires me to no end i have like i i don't do music like i have never played it and and i don't need to to appreciate him like his songs are so unique and some of his songs are 20 minutes long and like that's that's a really bad idea to getting to get your song on the radio, get your song big, and it's like he's just so true to his art. If the song's going to be twenty minutes, he allows it to be. And watching him, I've seen him live a, a number of times, and watching him perform his song at probably it's the the ten thousandth concert he's played in his life. But watching how present he is in the moment and connected and like amused by his own art, that is inspiring to me. So uh, a lot of my creativity is videos, uh, stage performance as well. So uh, that inspires me to be more surrendered and unapologetically true to what seemingly wants to be expressed through me. Wow. That's, um, I love that. I love that. Mm. It's, it's, and can I ask? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to ask, what inspires you? You know, it's 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 funny. It's really deep, and and I really had to look at that. Yes, yesterday a friend of mine called me out on that, so I, I figured it out. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm Vietnamese, so, so parents were part of like the Vietnam War growing up, and there was a lot of struggle involved. And there's a lot yeah. of struggle involved. There's a lot of, um, you know, mom had to, you know, stay in Malaysian camps and stuff. And so when she came over to Canada, she didn't speak English. She didn't, you know, anything whatsoever, but the clothes on her back. And, and to me, that is inspiring because she took a risk at a time where yeah. the governments were amalgamating together. Nobody who's know what's going to happen to that country, yeah. and many people fled, and and many people have died as well too, right? And so that inspires me to do what I do because mm. if I didn't, I would do my mom a disservice. I love that, and hearing your inspiration that inspires me to be aware of something else that inspires me, which is people who are willing to take risk. Like wow, when. Like weirdos like you and I and probably most of the people listening to this, look at the potential risks we could take. Some of them guaranteed yeah. will end in failure, like guaranteed, or else it wouldn't be a risk. Yeah. Um, and some of them will not end in failure. But when we look at what your mom went through, like, wow, what a risk. Like coming to a foreign country mm-hmm. with freaking clothes on her back, with no resemblance of security, mm-hmm. that's a risk. That And that is such a humbling risk. I can't imagine me being faced with that level of risk in my lifetime. So it's like, wow. I, I think it's amazing you can bow down in that kind of humbleness to your mother. And I just want to acknowledge like, holy crap, what a courageous woman. Like how if that doesn't inspire a person, then... Check your pulse. Yeah, it, it, thank you. I appreciate that. I honor that and uh, honor you, JP, for 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 doing that for me. Because you know, it, it's it's like it's peanuts compared to to what yeah. actual risk is. Like, do you really think that your life is on the line at this? You know. Yeah. I, I'm gonna take a chance. I can put myself out there. I'm gonna be you know creating you know businesses so I can impact people. My long life dream is um, to create schools in across Asia and different parts of the world to give free education. And this this is nothing. This is nothing compared to the risk that she had to take. A life and death, she was one of the, she was some of the survivors. Some people stayed on boats for three months, JP, without food. Wow. Imagine that. Well, I, I don't know if I can. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, at best, maybe I can imagine what it's like to imagine that. And it, I think a piece of the beautiful wisdom I'm hearing from you, it, for me in my life, the wonderful listeners in their life, when we're looking at a, a risk, it might be a decision, might be start this business, leave this relationship, get into this relationship, whatever the risk is, put out like a, a post, a, a meaningful post on Facebook, no matter how big or small, we look at that risk and the fear we feel It comes from the same physiological stress response as uh, as would happen when our life is genuinely on the line. So we don't feel the difference. But with your wisdom, we can know the difference. We can ask our sophisticated prefrontal cortex, our thinking mind, is is this likely going to kill me? 99.9% 99.9% of the time, the answer is no, yeah. no. I, I'm not an extreme sports athlete. 
doing a skateboard jump off a hundred foot ramp. I'm not doing that. I'm looking at putting a video out on gun control. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, that's probably not going to kill me. Actually, in the U.S., there's maniacs. Maybe that will. Hasn't yet. Yeah, I put that video out. But yeah, compared to your your mother's adventure, part of her living legend, she she was really looking a lion in the eyes. And she said yes to the adventure anyway. And I would guess she didn't do that because she's stupid. I would guess she did that because she had a deep-seated sense of meaning with the risk. You know, it's one thing, like, I, I would never go to the edge of the Grand Canyon and hang off to get a cool photo yeah. for Instagram. And the risk there is super high. But there's no real meaning to that kind of risk. Your mother had deep meaning. It, it's it's unbelievable. Like I remind my mom and I tell her thank you every time because if she didn't make that decision, I'd be a simple boy in Vietnam selling who knows. You know what I mean? It's like it's 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 crazy. And I'm so grateful and I'm thankful. And I'm taking every opportunity there is like presented to me and and going at it because again, like if I don't do it, I do my mom a disservice. Period. Yeah, man, I love that and. Uh, I think all of us do ourselves a disservice when we don't say yes to the adventure that's calling us. Uh, and, and I think some of our some of our parents have lived the opposite way of your mother. They, they've said no to risk. And can we honor that? Can we honor their example? Not from a place of condescending judgment, but from a place of acknowledging. At some level, maybe my mother, she said no to risk. She lived a life of safety so she could be complacent in the coffin of her comfort zone so that I could notice that and and see what level of inner fulfillment she might not have so that I can learn a a better way. Mm. Can I have gratitude even for that mother? Uh, teaching me how to live a life that says yes to my meaningful adventures because I got to see her live the consequences of saying no to her meaningful adventures. Yeah. And I'm not saying like this is, this is like just to like, you know, disregard everybody else or not like that, but like, it's just like as a story and I feel that people need to hear it because they, they need to play in a way so they can impact as well too. So I hope that this inspires JP, like it's, I'm saying some things that I would never, like this is like saying for the first time on podcasting overall, like it's crazy. So thank you for just pulling that out of me. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I dare say you and I are feeding each other things that we need to hear. <laughs> oh, uh, shifting gears a little bit, you know, what's, uh, you know, what have you been grateful for lately? I love that. Man, I mentioned earlier, being home for the first time in two and a half months, it makes gratitude very easy. So like I'm, uh, man, for starters, I'm grateful for these wonderful health nourishing supplements that I, you know, I come home to boxes of on it products. I've got a working relationship partnership with them, full disclosure. So like, man, these supplements that I've been living without for uh, a month or so, cause I ran out in Costa Rica, I can't get stuff shipped there. It's like, wow, thank you. These are, these are great luxuries 
They really are. Yeah. I'm not entitled to them, but they're great luxuries. I got to take a walk this morning without wearing a hat low on my head to sort of disguise myself from potential harassment. Uh, the old kind of harassment thing that followed the Costa Rica video, yeah. which is fine. Again, I, I'm grateful. Man, I'm even grateful for that. I am grateful for the the really shit show experience I had putting out a video that ended up offending, let's just say, an entire country. And and I hate seeing people hurt. I really do. And and I, and I don't like to feel the the flames of intense feelings. And even though I didn't enjoy it, man, I'm grateful for it. It taught me a lot. And and man, yesterday on my last flight, I sat next to a man who uh, he's, he, I was sitting down and he said, oh, how are you doing? I said, yeah, pretty good for a redhead. Yeah, just a <laughs> fun line I say sometimes. Yeah. And he said, oh, at least you have hair. And I looked at him and you know saw, saw that he was bald and it became evident. And I asked him, are you going through some treatment? And he said, yeah. And started talking to him about how that's going for him. What's, what's that like? And he was just a sweet, sweet man. And uh, amongst other things that I came away with with that connection with him was a, a renewed gratitude for my health. Like here's a man going through chemotherapy, which I've never talked to anybody who said it's not pretty horrendous. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, man, wow, my limbs work. My my back's a little sore from. You know, airplane stuff, probably too hard of a workout a couple of days ago. And man, that doesn't matter. Yeah. I am so grateful for my health uh, psychologically, physically. And man, I'm grateful for this conversation. Me like too. you and I have never met before. And it feels like we've met before. It's just we're flowing like two, uh, two brothers paddling the raft on the river. I think that might be a Mark Twain reference. <laughs> Huckleberry Finn, which is, I don't know. Um, um, yeah, I appreciate the question. What, what have you been grateful for lately? You know, I do the five-minute journal every single day, mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for even the air, the health, and the freedom to 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 chase my dreams, to live my mm -hmm. dream, to, to be here in Canada, to have the opportunities around me. Like, it's not even funny. I practice gratitude every single day, and it puts me in a wonderful place, and I love it. Oh, beautiful. I love that. JP, like, I can talk to you about this forever. And again, like, I agree. Like, I, I, I love, like, what we're doing, and I love our conversation. It feels like we are, like, brothers. And again, like, this is probably a start of a beautiful friendship. Um, I do want to be respectful of your time, because, uh, you know what I mean? Like, we're, <laughs> I know you're busy. <laughs> But um, I'm going to wrap things up and I'm going to ask you two final questions. Mm. <laughs> but before we do that, I want to say, JP, thank you for all that you do. Everything out there, whether you know this or not, you are impacting people's lives in a positive way. You are providing laughter. You're providing, you're pointing out things that, that are, you know, some people would even be afraid to touch. And, and thank you for doing you and thank you for, for, for just doing what you do i appreciate it and continue it mm. and you have impacted like you know, in my life in a positive way for sure and and for sure other people as well 
Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate your super kind words. And um, for those path hunters who wants to stalk you online and stuff, um, where can they find you online or in contact? Yeah, all my social media handles are Awaken with JP. I'm in all the usual places, and I think YouTube and Facebook are some of the prime places. I'll always post in. Uh, videos there so awaken with jp is a good place to find me or avoid me <laughs> um you have a rocking instagram too by the way it's waking with oh thank with you jp as well too and uh yeah so definitely uh check him out guys and uh he's a super rad dude i love it yeah who i really am is found on instagram by the way <laughs> I'm, I'm the first person in history like yep Full picture of who I am is on my selected Instagram. Post. You had a picture of like you and the mud face, and I love that. I'm like, yes, yeah. I need to do that. I need to get on that. So yeah, I love that. Man, that was that was hard to wash off. <laughs> Harder than I thought. Um, two final questions. So this is called the Path Hunters Podcast. So when you hear the term Path Hunters, JP, what comes to mind? What comes to mind is someone uh, searching. Uh, I, uh, a seeker, someone who's living their mission, and I think part of the mission can be to find one's mission, to not only carve one's path, but find where one's path is meant to be carved, so finding one's path. So, yeah, those are a few things that come to my mind. Love it. And so I'm going to paint you this picture. Um, pretend you're you're somewhere uh, busy, like you know you've been to Toronto, and so it's like, it gets really busy. So imagine the traffic, sure. people going through. You have this cardboard sign that you're able to write one message or advice, and to impact these people's uh, lives in a positive way. What kind of message or advice would this be? Yeah, smile at yourself and smile at other people. I love it. I love it. It's crazy. I love it. I love, I love, thank you so much, you know, JP, for jumping onto the podcast with me. Thank you for taking the time just like talk to me. And I'm so grateful for that. And like I said, like it's like start of a beautiful friendship. I, I do feel like, you know, we're like, we're like brothers already and it just feels good. Yeah. For me too, Paul. I love what you do. I love who you are, how you are. And I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to staying connected and hopefully Same. in person having our paths intersect at some point in the not too future. So thank you for having me on, brother. <laughs> definitely for sure. And thank you so much, JP, for jumping on here with me. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Sounds great. That was JP Sears in the house, guys. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It was such an amazing episode. It was so fun to interview JP Sears. JP, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for just giving us your time. It means a lot to me that you did that. Again, so exciting. All you Path Thunders out there, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I do this just to capture all these amazing conversations and get to share with all of you. Again, without you out there listening to the podcast and coming back every week, it means it just none of this would be possible. So thank you so much. It means a lot to me from the bottom of my heart seriously if you guys have any questions or anything whatsoever if you guys ever want to chat as well too let me know email me paul at pathhunters.com or message me on instagram as well too so at pathhunters check that out i appreciate you so much it means a lot to me thank you thank you thank you have yourself a great one take care guys I hope you guys enjoyed that. Remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast. 
You can always find me at pathhunters.com. Stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today.